It's Ant Hill Showtime. What's up, Jay? How's it going? Wonderful. 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 Why is it going wonderful? Thanksgiving better on the corner. <laughs> Niners are rolling. They are. Lots of good things. Yeah, big win for the 49ers against the Arizona Cardinals. Absolutely fantastic. I felt like all three parts of the you know, the game worked well. It was complimentary football at its finest. So offense, defense, special teams getting it done. And 4-0 in the division. Uh, 49ers. In like 20 years. Yeah, and you know, this is interesting because we did, one of the first anthill things we did was we broke down, you know, like position by position, who had the best here and there. And there were some that, you know, we caught a little bit of heat for, it felt like we were homers on a few things. But it looks like it's just playing out that way. When you break it down. Uh, yeah, that it's just that it's working out. And, you know, we've been talking about this for a while, that a lot of the Cardinals, the Rams, uh, the Seahawks went with more faster wide receivers. Like, they were playing a different style of football, and then they were matching up against each other. And then you had the outlier. The 49ers over there were about a power run game and, and tough physical defense. And I think we're seeing that on display. Yep, we certainly are, because the, the contrast in styles, when you watch those three teams play each other, the games are all pretty tight. San Francisco has won all, all four of their division games by 15-plus points. Yeah, what did you think about this matchup, 49ers versus Cardinals? Uh, you know, it wasn't Kyler Murray, of course, so I'm sure some will say, you know, it, well, they didn't get to see the actual Cardinals, uh, but they had DeAndre Hopkins, they had A.J. Green, they had Rondell Moore for a couple of plays. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then, you know, they started to... Um, really get shut down. What did you think about the 49ers performance? I think if somebody could complain about an injury, I think the Zach Ertz things actually was more of an issue than quarterback because I, I think in terms of the offense as, as Kingsbury wants it run, I think Colt actually runs it how he wants it, but, he, but he's not necessarily the talented player Tyler is, but in terms of just strictly how Cliff wants the offense to, to look, he, he, I think he actually prefers McCoy in there. Yeah, overall operation of the offense, Colt McCoy does it at a high level. Where Kyler gives you the advantage is the ability to extend, the ability to make big plays, the wild plays. Uh, create with your legs. I mean, with Kyler Murray, they have a solid run game. Without Kyler Murray, they're one of the worst running attacks in the entire league. Uh, and I think you're seeing that on display. James Conner could get nothing going. He got nothing going the week before. He got nothing going against the 49ers. That run game is struggling, and a lot of that has to do with that offensive line for the Cardinals. And the 49ers took full advantage. And the 49ers, uh, this wasn't one of those weeks they played down to competition. They absolutely went off. 38-10 to 10 is an absolute beating for a divisional rival. Long time. It really is like a domino. The defense being itself, but to bury an opponent that's not in the Rams was great to see. And one reason they buried an opponent was because of number 10, Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, he's playing great. But I want to I want to pose it like this. Is Jimmy Garoppolo the perfect man for the job? I mean, he's the perfect if you watch the Golden State Warrior cheerleaders, he's the the the, the perfect man for something else, but I'm is he the perfect man for this job? No, I'm just not going to say that. Because now this is where I'm going to bring in the Ryan Clark quote from, from SVP last night. He, he said what the Niners have done, and he said specifically what John Lynch has done, is he's taken the physical uh, 
the, the physical attributes, ability. No, um, responsibility. Okay. Off of Jimmy's plate because they have so much talent around him. He said, what John and Kyle have done is they put the mental responsibility of or to run the offense on, on, on Jimmy. But, but that's all he has. All he has to do is drop back, see who's open, and boom, get rid of it. So I, I thought that was an interesting kind of, kind of way. Whereas if you look at someone like Herbert or Mahomes or, or Josh Allen, they have the, 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 the physical responsibility for the offense and, and mental too. Oh, why? I mean, like, for instance, Patrick Mahomes, does he not have a plethora of weapons that he can use at his disposal? I mean, he does, but I I, I would say that if you went player for player, our, our offensive skill players are better than theirs, though. Okay, because, I mean, Travis Kelsey just went off, right? Well, so kill though. So so is this the same thing that's happening for with Tua Tagovailoa? It's just the weapons. It's to not the quarterback. Yes. It's just the weapons. I, I, a quick I, I, release I, for Jimmy Garoppolo. Extending plays and being able to throw the ball over the top to George Kittle. Or that was the playoff. That might have been my favorite play for him this entire year. Because okay. He stepped up, eyes downfield, and he put an accurate ball to an uncovered, uncovered Kittle. Like, that play. Angle route I covered by uh, Christian McCaffrey covered. Sneak peek at Debo running a slant. Hits Brandon Ayuk in the hole right there Ayuk, after Ayuk, he runs the Ayuk whip route and sits down. Um no, but that's the mental, though. One, two, three reads. He's going through his progressions, and he's finding the old man. And what was the comments about Jimmy Garoppolo all through the offseason? He's not a guy that can go through progressions. He goes one and two, and that's it. Which, in the past, was accurate So to an extent. But now that you've got the guys, is he not the point guard of this team leading the way, getting the guys the ball in what he does really well, quick release, uh, making sure he does the mental part of the game? Isn't that exactly what you need? Uh, the Dream Team, they needed John Stockton. They didn't need Isaiah Thomas. They didn't need a scorer. Isaiah Thomas had no chance to be on that team anyway. So, <laughs> so I, I'm not saying that. I'm because, saying from a skill set point of view. It was either him or Mike J. And I'm saying from a skill set point of view. Leave the other out of it. Think about it. Do they need Isaiah Thomas's skill set or do they need John, John Stockton's? Well, well, that, I mean, in an extent, yes. But either one of those guys was going to be the backup to Urban Magic. Johnson, though. You're right. And what does Magic do? Is he a facilitator? The best ever. Oh, okay. So what is Jimmy Garoppolo? I mean, in a lot of ways, a quarterback is the point guard of the offense. Yeah, but he's getting penalized for having great weapons and then getting them the football where they can be very successful. Oh, no. I, I, I agree. The, the, the Tua comparison it, it is bad because it's, lit like, it's literally like Tua is underthrowing Waddle and, and Tyreek by 20 yards, but because they're so fast, they're still open. So the idea that, that he's playing this great job of, of quarterback, I, I would say I would say that, that that Jimmy's actually been better than Tua, even, even though their their numbers are aren't necessarily very close. But it's the Waddle and and Tyreek factor more than it is Tua factor because we all saw when Tua didn't have an offensive kind of coach and didn't have that much speed and talent. Talking about should they? Move off of him. Yeah. So I think it's more about Tyreek and and McDaniel than it is. And I, I would say potentially it's more about McCaffrey and Kyle necessarily maybe a little more than Jimmy. Because if, if you look at in the games since we've got McCaffrey, we're averaging eight points a game more and 55 yards more a game. So the correlation is it it, it starts with, with McCaffrey. He's 
he's enabling everybody else to, to be better at their job as we, we, talk, we, we talked about almost every single week now so that, oh. that includes Jimmy though too oh yeah i mean every great player makes a, another player better yeah, right exactly uh, joe montana became even better when he got jerry rice oh. uh, 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 of all time right uh, but <laughs> have we seen jimmy garoppolo play really well with a different set of players i think yes. we have in 2019 uh, there was no Brandon Ayuk. There was no Christian McCaffrey. There was no Elijah Mitchell. Uh, there was there, there was Emmanuel Robbie. Sanders. There was a young Debo Samuel. There was a yeah a Raheem Mostert, and yet he still almost threw for four thousand yards, and he had a pretty good season. So now that you've seen it with different weapons, could it not be the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo needs to get more credit than what he's getting? Oh, you know he 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 does deserve more credit, but the 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 question is how much though. Uh, 15 touchdowns to four interceptions. Four a very good ratio. Over 72% completion percentage over the last three games. Pretty good. You know what I loved about that game last night? There was not that one throw. What the? Were you, had you not seen that guy? Like For three weeks, we have gone a, a few weeks in a row without yeah. that, that throw where it's like, what are you looking at? Dude? He looks confident. He looks comfortable. The offensive line is giving him pretty good pockets. He's creating off schedule, and he's getting the ball pretty to his playmakers. Pockets. Pretty good pockets. When it's Trent, Banks, uh, Rendell, and Rendell, they haven't allowed a sack this entire year. Yeah. Like, that's insane. We're, we're 10 games in. Yeah, I mean, going into last it's, last it's night's nuts. game, uh, PFF had the 49ers ranked the eighth best offensive line in the league. It's better than that. I, I think a lot of people would be very surprised to have heard that, though, right? Absolutely. All the, absolutely. All, all the talk, and they, us included, they, we need to do something on the offensive line. Terry Lyons, it's scary. Jake Brendel is going to start at center, but, uh, but Jason, let's talk about those weapons, because there are weapons that are helping Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's not just weapons. It's weapons on weapons. They got so many guys... And one of the talks was, do the 49ers have too many weapons? Well, Kyle Shanahan put that all to all, all silence. That's what I say, too. Uh, but silence at all. Brian Ayuk was involved. Debo Samuel's involved. Christian McCaffrey's involved. George Kittle's involved. It was him g getting all of his players involved in areas where they could be successful, and each one of them had a really big game. Yeah, I, I don't recall the Warriors saying, ah, we have staff and Clay and a couple other guys. Kevin Durant, we don't need you. Well, what's interesting, right, if you think back to all the great 49ers offenses, you can find talent on talent. I mean, you're talking Jerry depth. Rice, John Taylor, uh, Tom Rathman, uh, Roger Craig, Ricky Walters. I mean, every single, you know, Brent group, Jones. every single group of 49ers throughout the years, those offenses had tremendous weapons. Uh, and then, a, you know, I mean, they just were able to execute at a high level. So I don't think there's ever a such thing. Offensive coordinators, I know I do. I don't ever believe there's there's too many weapons. Uh, there's a, it makes it difficult to manage egos with as far as touches. But, but if everyone's bought in, winning though, and it, yeah, like you never hear about about teams mad about touches after they win Super Bowl. Like uh, that doesn't happen. I'll tell you what's crazy to me is I honestly did see people upset that Kyle Yuschek didn't get more touches in this last game. I, I just I don't know what you know what part of this offensive game plan made you think we need Kyle Ushek to touch the football more. I mean that could be the fact that people really like him and I like they, him too. They admire all the dirty work that, that he does do so so that. But I don't think he's going, man, Kyle. I got I only had, I didn't 
I didn't touch the ball. Like, we won 38 to 10, but I got no touches, bro. He Come didn't on. get a touch. Ran up the middle for a first down. But I mean, I know, but at the end of the day, not like I didn't get no wheel route going 40 yeah. yards downfield, though. You know, it's. No, I don't think it's coming from Kyle Yushek. I'm just saying, in a, in a in a new kind of way the NFL is perceived with fantasy, everyone wants everyone oh, to yeah. get massive touches. And I thought the 49ers did a really good job. I mean, McCaffrey had over 100 scrimmage yards. Uh, Brandon Ayuk had two catches, 20 yards, two touchdowns. E efficient. Yeah, Debo, the reverse is back right now. Everyone having to commit to Christian McCaffrey. Oh, the oh, well blocked. Brendel with a th you know block 30 yards down the field. Trent trucked a dude. Oh, tr yeah, he, tr he trucked multiple dudes. And Ayuk was down there too. Ayuk was great. I love Ayuk blocking. He's fantastic. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, the weapons are all there. Kyle has everything he needs now to win. Um, and I think that, you know, this team is, is set to really explode. I think this is the first time we've seen this offense click where all the weapons felt like they were finally cohesively together. This is probably the best offense that we've had in a long, long time. Yeah, this is a, a championship caliber offense because now defense is used to be able to pack the box to stop the 49ers. You go ahead and pack the box, and Kyle Shannon's going to throw it 14 straight times uh, and and make you uh, spread out. Interesting was the first half they only ran the ball eight times. Yep. I, if you watch the game preview show, I, I kind of said that was going to happen because Arizona's run defense is actually really good. I was uh, saving calling out appearance gutters. Well, you, you <laughs> should have been listening while doing that. You you let let us all down, Jason. You know my dad. He he, he, he talks, talk, 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 talk about it. I do know, yeah, that, that's actually accurate. His dad talked a lot. Um, but Isaiah, you know, Isaiah Simmons, they had Saban Collins, like J.J. Watt, they're good run stoppers. And I thought the 49ers did a great game plan. They spread them out, uh, and then, boom, here comes the second half. Elijah Mitchell's the one that's just hammering. Didn't even in. talk about him yet. No, and that's another weapon. Uh, Jawan Jennings, Mr. Third Down. Third he didn't down. even have to make big plays on third down. Hardly ever in, in third and down. And when, when it was, it was Debo that was making yep. those plays in this game. Or Christian McCaffrey. I, I just think there's so many weapons. The 49ers have so many options. Absolutely love it. But Jason, not just an offense, but a 49ers elite defense. This defense now has shut out the last three teams in the second half. Got embarrassed against Kansas City. Said, never again. This isn't going to happen now. Of course, this isn't Patrick Mahomes. This isn't Travis Kelsey. But... You are only able to play the teams that you play, and they've done a fantastic job. What are your thoughts on this defense of the 49ers? Well, since he came off suspension, Ehop's been probably the best receiver in the sport. So, the, especially after the first quarter, they really locked him up pretty good. First quarter, he got, he, I don't say he got loose, but he, he made a few plays. Right. But I, I think we saw his frustration with that, that penalty. Oh, yeah. That was... That was a big penalty. That that really shifted the momentum of the game. And then two what, two plays later, the, the interception. Which, by the way, here's a little little soapbox moment. You, you know what I'm gonna say, but I hate the down by contact when the receiver's foot touches the guy. Yeah, there's like I'm telling you, that needs to be an attempt where you have to you have to actively try and touch the guy, not just oh our feet got tangled up, so now he's down. Yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think that's interesting, but you see it also on offensive side of the ball, right? Uh, where you see a defender go flying over the top of an offensive defender and his or offensive player and his foot tip, tip yeah. touches him and he's down by contact. Um, there needs to be the, an actual attempt to to touch the person. 
I, I think it's interesting, but it was a nice big play from Jimmy Ward. Uh, Connor should have caught the ball, but he he's, didn't. But he's, he's, uh, not, he's not a good receiver, though. Ward, no, and Ward is there to make the play, and it was a big play. The Fournier's turned that into a touchdown. Oh. George Kittle play. Field touchdown, yeah. Where Jimmy created. That was that big you know, step up in the pocket and throw over the top. It was great. But this defense has been fantastic, and I do want to go through some of the things you know, with the defense because there's been – I mean, there's still injuries along the defensive line. Three of the starting defensive linemen from the beginning of the season so were not playing. No Armstead, <laughs> no Kinlaw, no Ebucom. Yet the 49ers are still able to put pressure on the quarterback. And Colt McCoy was getting rid of the ball quickly, and the 49ers were still able to create three sacks. Of course, one of those because of a Hufanga blitz where Fred Warner gets Colt McCoy as he you know, eludes the pocket. But yeah. let's talk about that interior defensive line a little bit. No Armstead and Kinlaw, no problem. Do you think it's no problem? And Dominican Sue said he chose the Eagles. Uh, the foreigners were at least in the mix, so they're admitting. Do you, when do you expect Armstead and Kinlaw to come back? And do you think the 49ers can win on defense, whether they have Armstead and Kinlaw back or not? If we're talking about like going late into January, early February, they need Armstead back. Like, I I love what they're doing now, but the Eagles have a really good offensive line. Vikings O line's pretty good. They didn't look very good against Micah Parsons and those Cowboys. I mean, Cowboys did the league in sacks for a reason. So, but and the Bucks O line might be starting to at least be serviceable. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see. They last couple of weeks they've gotten, it, it looks a little better. Mm-hmm. Who they played? Aaron Donald and then the Seahawks. Yeah, that's it though. Aaron Donald, and then <laughs> that's why I said that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I said Aaron Donald. Everybody blocked Donald. Hey, well, how they get hit, but we'll be okay. Yeah. Um. No, it's it's nice to have your guys all back into place that you intended them to be, right? We talked about that when um when he man down. Now he moves everybody up out of their intended spot, which will still survive, will still be fine, but it's it, it they were behind him for a reason. The guys who are playing now are behind those two guys for a reason. So Yeah, no, I think it helps the rotation for sure. If you get Armstead back, that means either Givens or Ridgeway is a part of the second part of the rotation, that Brava unit that comes in. Uh, that also means that Kerry Hyder is more of a you know a guy that can play on the edge as well. He can kind of fluctuate slow. between both. Uh, playing on the inside. He is slow, but he almost had an interception on a screen because of his recognition and intelligence playing the defensive line. Because he couldn't just get up the line fast enough. I'm not sure which. <laughs> I don't know, but I, 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 no, I actually seen him turn and I know, go no, with, uh, with it, the it, guy. It, so yeah. uh, I think the defensive line could definitely use Armstead back. I think when that happens, that's also going to alleviate some of the pressure on Nick Bosa because he gets double teamed all the time. All the time. Uh, the closer we can get to full health along the defensive line, the better for the overall rotation. Nice to have Jordan Willis back for the last two weeks. He's looked good. Uh, Charles Amenehu continues his he's great solid. pace. He's, he's been solid. putting lots he's of hurries. Yeah. Uh, so I think that the, these guys have really stepped up you know, without Armstead and Kinlaw, but it would be really nice to get Armstead back. I have no idea what's going to happen with Kinlaw. We'll see if they open his practice window. Um, but I think Armstead will come back at some point. And I think the way the D-line has played, they're giving, week, they give them time. Week 13, I've heard, is, is kind of what they're looking for. Okay, so potentially week 13, according to Jay Hill, is what he's hearing. 
Uh, we just went through week 11, right? So we got maybe like... Be the Tampa game, right? That would be the Miami game, right? December 4th. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. So Miami would be the, the target for potentially Armstead coming back. What a game, right? He gets to come back, and the first thing he sees is Jeff Wilson Jr. And Raheem Mostert. And Raheem, man. Yeah, that'd be interesting overall. They could use him in that game. But let's talk a little bit about the secondary, and here's why. Um, a lot of people come through the channel all the time and I and say, you know what, we need to get another cornerback because they're really concerned about Jimmy Ward playing nickel. They're concerned about Diomero Lenore playing on the outside. But Diomero Lenore was one of the best ranked in this game, again, for PFF. Uh, Traveris were traveling with the best receiver has definitely helped him out a, you know, a lot. But overall, it's been pretty quiet against Lenore. And we've seen teams before. You get a guy they'll out there, uh, they'll pick on him. Ambry Thomas. Ambry Thomas got picked on a lot oh. last year. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're still picking on Josh Norman. He doesn't even play anymore. I mean, that's just how bad it is. But uh, I thought the Lenore's done pretty good. There are some options out there. There's still players available. But do you think the secondary is kind of set for the 49ers? Barring uh, another injury, I it feels like this is kind of who Kyle and John and D'Amico are, are okay with. Like, I, I, I don't necessarily see them. Now, do I agree with that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they're practicing every day. I'm only there a week, so. But they see it. Yeah, practice once a week? Once, yeah, it'll, don't tell anyone, but I'm on down low. <laughs> um, what they eat, I guess they're okay with. I, I I know we have the cap room to bring somebody in if need be. So if with all that information, if they're not going after anybody, they're okay. And if, if they're okay, I guess I'll have to just grit my teeth and be okay too. Yeah, I think that I actually have less questions about Diamond or Lenore on the outside than I do about Jimmy Ward playing in the nickel. Um, but Kyle Shanahan, you know, once again, doubled down with what he said to Matt Miyoko. Yeah, he's all in about that. Yeah, they think that Jimmy Ward's one of the best cover guys on the team. Uh, they feel confident confident with Gip, as they call him, playing safety. And there's no imminent change. And, and really, that could be their best unit. That might be better than, you know, Diamond Lenore, Samuel Womack, and Jimmy Ward at safety. So yeah. um, I think that right now they're going with what works best. But it was nice to see Samuel Womack get a few plays. And what I did like is when he had to go out there and play when Jimmy Ward got cramps, they moved Lenore into the slot, and they let Womack play on the outside. He got tested, but he contested balls right away. I thought he looked good. I think Womack's continuing to develop. That's good for the future of the 49ers secondary. And honestly, I feel more comfortable with the secondary this year than I did last year. Oh, way, way, way more. <laughs> last last couple of years, this, this secondary is a lot better. Yeah, I'm with you. And I love it. Jason, with all this that's going on with the 49ers, where's their place in the NFC? Uh, the 49ers, of course, you know, the power rankings have had them anywhere from 8 to 11 over the last several weeks. Where exactly do you see them now? They're first place in the NFC West. They're the number three seed. If the playoffs were to happen today, they would play the New York football giants uh, in round one. What What do you think about this overall? And, and where would you slot the 49ers amongst uh, the best in the NFC? Uh, it, what, what's interesting about this is... One of the stats that Vegas loves in terms of trying to set their lines is turnover margin. And that's why Vegas has been so in love with the Eagles because the Eagles, as of two weeks ago, were like plus 16. They're now like like plus eight. Like they've, the last couple of games, they've turned the ball over a ton and they've got 
San Francisco, as of this morning, is a minus one. And yet, San Francisco is almost every other's key stat. Yards per pass, yards per play, on both sides of the ball is tough. I basically all those. So when you look at the, at our and that goes to partially to 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 how great our defense is. We don't have to rely on, on turnovers. Whereas my beloved USC Trojans, we have to rely on turnovers all the time because our defense is dreadful. <laughs> yeah, but we're still going to be the playoff though, so that's okay. Um, that that'll win the Pac Pac twelve championship. And beat Notre Dame too. Wait. Oh yeah, I forgot about Notre Dame. Yes. Um. So that. So it eventually the turnover margin will kind of keep up. I'll, I'll bet you by the end of the year we're plus six or plus seven. I I really think that that San Francisco that there is nobody in the NFC that you can line up and say oh they're for sure better. I really don't like. I, I I I really think on any given given Sunday, whether it's in Dallas or in New York or in Philadelphia or in Minnesota, San Francisco would be a favorite almost against every team. I'd say at this point, and I, 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 I would be surprised if they lost. So where do you have them? One, two, three, four, five. Where where are you at with it? it wow. I, you're like Schefter. You're getting a call. Is it? What's up, Kyle? Um, <laughs> um, they, Somebody calling you saying you better put us number one. <laughs> they, they're, they're the best team in the NFC as of right now. Oh, I love it. Jason goes with it. I love it. I think that right now, from what I've seen over the with the Eagles for the last two games, I think the 49ers are playing as one of the best teams. I don't think that the game against the Chargers really showed, uh, but this last week did. I thought the Cowboys had a good performance. I think they're up there as well. I think Minnesota kind of showed who I thought they were. Um, you are who we thought they were. Yeah, they're, they're pretty pretty good. You know, they're the same like with the Giants, right? They're pretty good, but they have holes. Uh, they have question marks. Kirk Cousins winning in primetime, question mark. Daniel Jones being able to execute an offense, question mark. Uh, I think that when it comes down to it, the 49ers are definitely one of those top three teams. I think it is, you know, 49ers, Eagles, and Cowboys. Uh, people will have them in all different orders, but that is the main teams right here in the NFC as far as uh, you know rankings go. The I I I'm not I I'm not sure where I am yet on the Cowboys because you don't like Dak. I well that too, but I just I just watch that vaunted Cowboy defense go up to Lambeau where the Packers aren't scoring twenty points a game and blow a fourteen point. Fourth quarter lead, so yeah, they got Christian Watson. Yeah, well, I mean, all of a sudden he's actually start trying to start to actually. Yeah, he's fast, okay, but he's really fast. It just outruns everyone. Nice. So, where are the Cowboys? Are they the team that just was up twenty eight fourteen and lost, or are are they the team that just beat the hell out of the Vikings? No, I think that's why they're in the conversation for the top three. But I'm not sure. That's why I'm not putting them number one for sure. Um, I think that they're in the conversation for the top three, and I think overall, because of that defense, they are one of the better teams in the league overall. But I know I get what you're saying about Green Bay. I'd have them fourth. That's fine. Who do you have third then? Tampa. I'm sorry, that offensive line is not impressive at all. I know, but Tom always finds a way to kind of pull things together, and until until in January or a little bit later. 
and as long as they're they're alive still, we it can't just sit there and say like, oh, they're toast, they're done. Like, oh, I don't think they're done they, by any means. They're starting to get healthy. Like they have a ton of injuries though too. Now losing Shaq Barrett will be a killer for their pass rush. And their offensive line is is just. I mean, Jensen's gone. Like they're they're completely eaten up on the interior offensive line. I mean, they don't even have Steny, and he was the backup, and he's they said they got the backup to the backup. But so, Tom just manages to kind of piece things together, though. That's well, the... let's talk about another NFC South team that's not Tampa Bay. Um, but let's talk about the New Orleans Saints, because that's who the 49ers are playing next. They got a nice matchup with New Orleans. Well, for whatever reason, the league decided finally the Saints have to come to 49ers. It feels like we play in New Orleans every other single time that they play. Uh, but now they're coming here. They're led by the Red Rocket, Andy Dalton. Um, they've got Alvin Kamara still. No Michael Thomas. Chris nice, though. Chris Olave's good. He's big time. Um, He's coming fast. Well, that's good. But you have to have more than one weapon against this 49ers defense, I think. Jason, yes. what do you think about this game? What are the, some of the you know the things you're looking forward to seeing between 49ers and Saints? So, 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 so first of all, I'm gravely disappointed in the Saints. I really thought that, like, that was kind of my sleeper team. NFC, as you well remember, I said, watch out for the Saints. They oh, got, they've been asleep for half the they've season. They've been asleep for the entire season, really. Um, that, for whatever reason, that defense just hasn't been the same that's been the last four or five years, where it's always been really, really good. Almost the exact same roster, and they add Aaron Matthew. I really, I'm really surprised that I'm between them and, and the Packers. I'm like, I'm probably, I'm probably a little more surprised the Saints than, than the Packers. I didn't really buy the Packers a ton because of how much they rely on Devontae. So I, I'd probably say that the Packers or the, the Saints are my biggest surprise in the negative in the NFC. That being said, don't let a little dog get up. Stomp him down early and keep it down. Like don't don't give them any hope. At, you know, by halftime, that oh, we're we're hanging around. Make Andy Dalton be mobile. Make him throw into tight windows, and he will give us the ball a couple times. Like, and then offense, just keep doing what we're doing. Like, it, it's not rocket science. It's working. Go. Yeah, I think one thing that's going to be tough for the 49ers is just locating Alvin Kamara. You know, he can do everything. He can run the ball. He can catch it out of the backfield. Um, but they have a pretty good idea of, of what a player like that does. I've seen them slow down Christian McCaffrey when he's yeah. with the Panthers. I've seen them slow down Austin Eckler. And Alvin Kamara's in that same sort of mold about running back. 40 yards stop the run early. Make Andy Dalton be the one that beats them. I think they're going to be okay. I think Chris Olave will have a couple big plays in the game uh, because that's just who he is. But I think the 49ers are well-equipped on defense to be able to handle the strengths of the Saints offense. And I think this defense is just playing so well right now. Nico Ryans is going to feel very confident. They're going to have the crowd behind them. I think all those things are big. And then also a little bit of a distraction coming with New Orleans as Jameis Winston is starting to get vocal Sorry, about the fact Kirby. that he lost his job. You know, he, to an injury. Yeah, so they don't do that kind of stuff here. Yeah, so he's not happy about it. I get where he's coming from, but that's a little bit of a distraction and something that could possibly, you know, all of a sudden the players are having to answer questions about Jameis Winston instead of the 49ers. It could get them... You know, their thoughts going the wrong way. Plus, they're pretty much out of it. So how many of those guys are getting ready to go fishing, getting ready to go gambling and all that? Uh, Cancun trips are on the horizon for the Saints. 
What do you think overall, though? It, I mean, let's let's get into a bold prediction. Uh, give me a bold prediction for the Saints versus 49ers. Oh, for the, oh, for the Saints? I, I thought you wanted one bigger than that. Oh, uh, you're ready for one bigger than that? Uh, I, I, I told you. Go bigger than Go bigger. No, not Saints, not 49ers. Go big with your bold prediction. San Francisco, at worst, ends up with the number two seed. Ooh, I like it. At worst, the number two seed means they're going to run down the Vikings at least. I think if the Eagles would have lost that game to the Colts, the 49ers would have the potential to run down both. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if they're going to be able to because the Eagles so far have been, e you know, kind of eking out those victories. But, but I like that. Blockles right midnight them too, so. I like that. So the 49ers at least get the second, which means they're going to have Home field advantage all the way to the the, the NFC Championship game. Oh, no, it'll, it'll be at Levi's. That's why I said home field advantage all the way until the NFC all, Championship. No, game. I'm saying that will be at. Oh, Levi's you think too. the Eagles get knocked off? I do. Yeah. Wow, Jay Hill, bold, bold, bold. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold the bricks. No, no. Whew, here we go, and now let's get a game score prediction. 49ers versus New Orleans Saints. How do you see this one going, Jason? I'm curious. 31-17. 31-17. I love it. The Niners get over 30 points again. Uh, they hold the Saints under 20. Uh, I think that's a recipe for success. I love it. Uh, I had the 49ers last week winning 34-17, so that seems like a very fun number. We'll see what I end up saying for the Saints later on during the game preview show. That'll be coming up later this week. But thanks, everyone, for joining us for the Ant Hill Show. I hope you guys all have a very good Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy yourself. Spend time with family. Watch a little ball. Uh, you can watch some of the NFC teams like the Giants and the Cowboys. Um, you know, it's Lions and Buffalo yeah. are playing too. Yeah, and they can seeding, you know, in the playoffs. So the Patriots and I don't remember. It was, I was looking, I was like, oh, that game kind of sucks. I don't <laughs> want to watch that game. But yeah, listen, I hope you guys all enjoy your turkey day. Uh, and we'll catch you guys next week for another Ant Hill show. What a great one. But, Jason, until the next time, we'll see everyone later. Go Niners.